What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 149 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? I'm just patiently waiting for ice. <laughs> I I don't want to be the one to say it, but I think we're going to be waiting a while. I, I think so too. It's definitely. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to get out there on Christmas break or not yet. No, nope, it's you going know. to be iffy. Yeah, I, I always say, you know, ah, yeah, you know, everyone gets, you know, their hopes hopes up, you know, in November, you know, the first little bit of uh, of cold weather, you know, down here, and oh, you know, you happen to get some skim ice, you know, a week or two before uh, Thanksgiving, and everyone thinks, ah, this is the year we're going to, you know, it, it's going to be uh, an early ice season, and you know, every year it always ends up being right close to Christmas, but uh, um you know, this is uh, one of those years where now, now that we're kind of looking at it, uh, uh, you know, we're we're into December now, and uh, uh, you know, there's not any super, super, super cold that that I can see Seeing on the, the way. Forecast yeah, either. you know, what I mean, yeah, I mean, heck, last week we were out in t-shirts and you know, almost shorts. Yeah, doing yard work and putting honestly, up Christmas lights honestly, and stuff right? like that. So. I don't know. I guess it is what it is, and uh, um, you know, maybe we're just gonna have to point the vehicle north and go uh, hang out with a couple dirt bags or something some weekend and just fish their lakes or something like that. That's what we'll do. We'll we'll we be those we'll be those Iowegians right. that that everyone always talks about. That right. we just go up there. We uh, you know, we we keep a limit of fish and we just get you know. Yeah, what's the limit? That's yeah. That's what's our a only limit? Goal. You know, we don't care if we have to drive six hours and get our limit in twenty minutes. We're turning and burning back home. Yeah, well, heck yeah, that'd be <laughs> the dream, our right? Limit, that'd so. be the dream. Limit fishermen. <laughs> I'm just a couple old limit fishermen. Uh, speaking of up north, Matt, did you see that there is now a new Minnesota state record for musky? <laughs> that is a big old sucker. That is a big old sucker. Uh, so, so here's the question I got for you. Uh, you know, obviously musky fishermen are cut from a different cloth. They definitely are. They are cut from a different cloth. They, uh, you know, they, they are, you know, people look at bass fishermen as catch and release fishermen, you know, people that are hardcore musky fishermen, that's a whole nother level of catch and release because some places in the States, you really can't even keep them. Right. Right. Well, a, that, and, and B, you know, re- reproduction on them oh, is, yeah. is not is not an easy deal. You know that uh, uh, most musky populations are there strictly because of stocking efforts, and um, uh, you know that that is what it is. But uh, if there's anybody that's a proponent of uh, of catch and release, it is the musky uh, community. So I want to know. You know, obvi- obviously, I, I think. Well, God dang it! What did I read that this record was 63 years old? I believe so. Um, it, it's it was definitely like an that. old record. Yep, uh, I believe the last record uh, was set in 1957. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't yeah, know. Right I'm not there, like 60, I, I'm not going to sit here and do the math, but old, yeah. it's an old record. But with musky fishermen being so uh, proactive in catch and release, how many times do you think that that record has been broke by people that probably took it out, you know, put it on a board, took a picture? Let it go, and it was like, oh dang it, that thing might, you know, that thing would have been up there. That thing would have been the state record. Do you think it has happened, or, or is I this one it, such a magnitude that that maybe it has not? I think it has happened. Um, I think that the the mild fall has helped 
yeah. with setting yeah. that record that those guys could still get out onto the lake and fish them late in the season because you know with muskie you're not you're you can't start fishing them until june up in minnesota so in all reality your only chance at like a true like potential state record would probably be this, this time, time of year, year you know yep, where yep. you're out there and they've had the fall feed bag on for quite a while and they're just getting fattened up for the winter time that something like this could happen so i mean it, it all kind of all those factors i'm sure played into it but uh i'm sure it's happened but uh that that fish is just ginormous. Yep. So uh, um, this this fish was uh, fifty seven and three quarter inches, uh, fifty five pounds, fourteen point eight ounces, and that was on a certified scale. Um, the last record was fifty four pounds. Um, so that that beat it by a you know a good three, side, right you know, yeah three three nearly four uh, pounds. Um, and, and I do believe that this fish actually did end up, uh, uh, not surviving. And, you know, I, I know I read some stuff online, you know, there's, uh, you know, typical online Facebook, you know, everyone's a musky expert when it comes to Facebook. And, you know, there, there were some people that kind of, you know, threw shade at these dudes and, you know, ah, you know, they didn't, you know, they, they kept that fish out of the water for too long and they didn't, you know, handle it properly and, you know, this and that. And, uh, you know, from what I've read, this thing actually choked the, the bait big time and, and they swallowed it deep and they didn't want to, uh, you know, just cut the line and let the fish go because it, it probably would have ended up dying that way. And, uh, I believe they sat boat side and tried to revive this thing for over an hour Right. And uh, once they finally realized that that it was not going to make it, and they knew potentially what they had, I think at that point in time they decided, you know what, let's let's go in and let's take a look. And uh, um, I don't know, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it, you know, sometimes like when it comes down to a state record like that, it's cool to see it broken. Well, they don't want to know what would happen if I if I would have caught that thing because I tell you what I wouldn't have spent no damn time reviving it. I, that thing would have strapped it to the top of the Colorado and you come better rolling, believe it rolling up to the scale. You better believe it. I I don't know. You know, I guess you know. Kayla would have had to sleep on the couch that night because that muskie would have been right in the bed right next to you. I it, it probably would have been. It probably would have been. You know, I I mean, I I can go I can go a whole entire year and never keep one fish. Right. I mean, I, I will go a whole entire year and never keep one fish, and it doesn't really even bother me. If I catch the state record muskie, if I catch the state record walleye, if I catch if I catch what I believe is a true magnificent trophy that you know I feel is either worry, worthy of you know potentially breaking a record or you know heck if I'm just going to throw it up on my wall, I'm doing it. Yeah. And I really don't give one care what anyone says. And you, I truly don't. And, you know, like you said, you know, musky fishermen, big proponents, catch and release and all this stuff. And these guys obviously are diehard, hardcore musky oh, yeah. fishermen. Yeah, they were to doing be it out, right, no doubt about it. To be out there doing it. I guarantee, I could probably guarantee that's the only musky they've ever kept. Probably, probably. I mean, so, yep. And, yep. and for people to jump all over them and just start bashing them and, like, calling them like you uh, you know not, cons- not conservationists and all this stuff it's like it, it, whoa pump your brakes we've all yep. been we've all been there i don't care if it's a 
if it's a five inch bluegill or a 55 pound muskie and you're trying to revive the thing and we've all been there where they've choked down a bait and sometimes they're just not going to go so at that point you might as well give that fish its due justice for sure yeah and, what do you want us do to do it. leave it leave, leave it, it floating float. it's yeah, just like exactly no you know if you, if you feel like you have what is a state record or close to the state record well then you know what now you let's honor that fish you yep. know i mean yep absolutely i'm i'm all for it i'm uh, all for it and i mean it it had to be close it has to be close to the end of its life cycle anyways i mean you would think being that big i mean i don't know how much more it was going to grow and how much bigger and how much older it was going to get but again yeah you don't want to just see it floating around so yeah, i don't I, it is what it is with that yeah i i mean I don't know. I guess for me personally, the person that keeps one muskie and, uh, you know, that, that may potentially be the only fish that they, you know, the only muskie that they ever keep, but you know, I don't know if they're big time muskie fishermen, they, you know, they paid for their license. I don't know what else they fish for, but there's a chance that's the only fish that they keep all year. But a guy that goes out and keeps 20 limits of walleye, you know, that, (laughs) that's somehow different. That's somehow Uh, different. Well, guess what? You know, there was a time there, there was a time when that muskie was just the average fish in that fishery too. Like he yeah. didn't, he didn't come out at 57 and three quarter inches. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, at one point in time, that thing was a hammer handle. Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. You know? Right. I mean, it's, it's taken years to get there and you know what? It, it just adds they to honored the story. It. They, they did. Honored it. I, I really feel like they do. They did. And I mean, they tried, like you said, they tried for over for around an hour, over an hour to try to get that thing going again. So, I mean, they did what they were trying to do out there and, you know, those things happen, and like I said, honor the fish after yep. all that stuff. And, uh, no, that's just those online trolls. They just, oh, yeah. They just can't be happy for anybody. I mean. Well, ha- half of it is just playing out. Well, probably seven-eighths of it is just playing out jealous that these dudes oh, yeah, caught right. a fish, you know, big enough to eat their their biggest fish. Right. And that those guys had the cojones to get out there when it's that cold. And, right. You know, that nasty having to break ice to get out onto the lake and everything. Yeah, that like ain't that, no fair so. weather fisherman there. <laughs> it is not. Nope. Nope. Uh, tougher than me. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, but uh, today on the show, we've actually got a guy uh, from up in that area, up in the Mille Lacs area. I know Kyle uh, does a lot of fishing, uh, uh, especially open water out there on Mille Lacs. Uh, he's one of those dudes that. Uh, post those pictures that me and matt sit there and drool over of those big small mouth and uh yeah dirty dog but uh seven eighths seven eighths of us is jealous because he's catching those big ones uh, i think it's nine eighths (laughs) i think it's nine eighths and that is real math right there nine eighths (laughs) full jelly but uh no uh we've got kyle lynn on the show today and uh um yeah i you know honestly i i'm i know kyle fishes a lot on Malax, but I'm not even 100% sure where Kyle's from. Oh, I know. I, it's going to be interesting to find this stuff out. I was going to say, there's only one way to find out, and that's to, to chat with the man himself. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get over to Kyle. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Good, Scott. How are you? Doing great. Uh, thanks for joining me and Matt today. Uh, um, you know, we've me and Matt have actually talked uh, uh, for a few weeks now, like, well, a few months now, you know, golly, you know, we should really get Kyle on and uh you know last last weekend you uh finally got out on the ice and we thought you know what this is the time to get you on yeah man it felt good to finally get up there and drill some holes and put some fish on the top 
Yeah, I think you kind of made everybody on Facebook land kind of jealous that you were able to get out, and we're getting 60-degree weather down here today, yeah. and it's like tomorrow is supposed to be 65, so a lot of us are jealous of you being able to get out there and target those fish already. Uh, it wasn't without a little bit of effort. We put 500 miles on the truck that uh, between Saturday and Sunday alone, uh, just driving around, scouting, you know, I think we checked on 12 or 13 different lakes throughout the weekend. Um, my buddy Dave Carp went up the day prior to me and put 250 miles on doing the same thing in preparation for all of us coming up so that we had less scouting to do come Saturday. Uh, so it was a huge team effort. Now, if you don't mind us asking, where about were you guys fishing? Uh, we were up in Crow Wing County, Crow Wing County, Aiken County. Uh, north of Mille Lacs, anywhere from 10 minutes north of the lake to oh, probably a good 45, 50 minutes north of the lake. So h how much sketchy ice did you run across? I mean, let, let's be honest. Did anyone drop a boot in? No, nobody fell in, thank God. Um, nobody nobody broke through even to the shoreline. We were pretty, uh, pretty reserved with how hard we were going. Um, we found a lot of lakes that were still wide open. You know, with a little bit of shove ice on the shoreline, and that was it. Uh, one, the lake that I really, really wanted to get on, uh, it's been on my mind for months, uh, showed up, and there was about 100 yards, maybe less, of good four inches of ice, and then there was a definitive line with some shove ice. So we walked out to the edge, and one spud bar went right through, and you could see the ripples running underneath the ice, causing it to flex. <laughs> And we're like, yep, nope, that one's not ready yet. All right, now, now, do you guys all have a do you have a designated person in your group that is a little crazier than the rest of you that you send out first, maybe a little skinny or two? I would because... say, I would say, if you don't think you do, you might be that, <laughs> that guy. guy. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I would actually say that Derek Kunkel was definitely that guy uh, this last weekend. Um, I would say everyone else in the group had a hundred pounds on him. <laughs> on average so here he is walking out one spud maybe two doesn't go through he just walks glides right across the ice then brody and i follow you know 100 to 150 pounds heavier and we start cracking under our feet we're like yeah we're done following Derek. <laughs> that's why i eat so much just so i'm not that guy that's designated that's, to go see, out there. Yeah. we do it it's strategy we send scott out first and we figure well if scott can make it we're bringing the wheelers and maybe <laughs> yeah. the car out so jeez oh, jeez yeah. come on no no now you've mentioned a couple names uh who who were the guys that you were out with uh we had seven of us it was myself uh Derek kunkel brody vance uh, he actually drove all the way from central southern Wisconsin, oh, almost wow. 400 miles, to my house. And then we put on all the other miles. Uh, I think it was a six-hour drive for him. Uh, see, Derek Brody, Dave Carp, uh, Tom Dobbins, and his girlfriend Mel. Mel and then my brother-in-law, Isaac, who lives in Hawaii. And oh, who had wow. never been he had never been ice fishing before and wanted to try it so i said okay when you're home for thanksgiving we'll go up to red lake you know what better way to yeah, break a new yeah. guy in than have him shooting fish in a barrel and red lake wasn't looking like it was going to be ready yet so we called an audible two three days prior and decided to hit the aiken county area uh 
only to find out the red was open the day we went up there. Wow. So, but we just, we stuck with our second plan and it, it actually played out in our favor quite well. You know, we had no competition at all, uh, except for one group of kids on the second lake we went to, but they were doing their own thing. So right we didn't on. have to fight the massive crowds of Red Lake. Yeah, that's yeah. always nice. Yeah, absolutely. So all the way from Hawaii, all the way up in the Minnesota ice fishing, what was what were what was his feelings on it? Uh, he he says he enjoyed himself uh, and that he would definitely go again. Um, he said he did get cold, but not unbearable. Uh, I gave him my old suit, my old ascent suit, had him bundled up pretty good, and we did a lot of walking. Uh, a lot of walking so you know you you get warm doing that um i do think he got a little irritated with me because the fish were really auger shy and cleat shy so every time you drill a hole you luck if you were lucky you'd get three fish out of it and they'd be gone so we were constantly like isaac come on come on isaac over here (laughs) isaac over here and he's like can i just sit down and fish we're like no you got to run and fish. <laughs> Nothing like taking the new guy from Hawaii out on early ice where... <laughs> right. <laughs> Just letting you know this is sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we the night before, we, we went up to my cabin, which is on the north end of Mille Lacs, and uh, Brody and I sat him down, and we went through, you know, what to watch for, what to expect. If for some reason you do fall in, hopefully you don't. You know, don't panic. Just catch your breath and float there because you're wearing a float suit. We'll get you out. You know, yeah. just trying to give him an expectation of what could happen and, you know, if it did, how to react. Right, right. You know, Matt and I on, on last week's episode, you know, kind of ran through some uh, um, early ice tips, you know, early ice safety tips. Uh, do you have any, you know, tips that, that you – are, are very, very serious about, you know, you yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't count how many times, especially even this weekend alone, you know, I see guys posting pictures up on Red Lake. Yeah, you got six, seven inches of ice, but as we all know, the wind really plays a huge impact on that lake. And if it changes, you could end up floating off into no man's land real quick. Yep. And all these guys are out there without ice picks around their necks. I mean, I, I would say one in 30 people had ice picks in the photos that I saw. And that's, I mean, you need your ice picks and you can't get out without them. Right. So I would say ice picks for sure. You know, a good spud bar, float suit, if you can afford it. I know not everyone can. If you can't, a life jacket. Yep. You know, it may look dorky, but I'd rather look dorky and come home than not. Yeah, exactly oh, right. Yep, absolutely. You know. Uh, buddy system. Yep. Tell people where you're going so they know if you don't answer your phone later or come back home that night, they know where you were at least. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, pay attention to the weather, pay attention to the wind. You yep. know, that that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think a good point you brought up too is like a lot of us don't do it, but like with the buddy system, talk to your buddies have a plan just in case like somebody does go through what are we going to do so that if the situation does happen it's not a big panic moment everybody can keep their calm work as a team to get whoever went through you know back out of the ice i think that a lot of us we joke around about it a lot but i mean to actually have a plan set in place just in case 
it does happen, I mean, sometimes it's something that's overlooked. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We we did that on the shore of the second lake before we walked out. You know, we went around and said, okay, who's got a throw rope? What sled is it in? So that if something happens, everyone knows where it is. You know, they're not screaming, hey, yep. where's the throw rope? Yep. Yep. Yeah, five, five seconds of just saying, hey, this is where it is, you know, because yeah. uh, five seconds can make a big difference in a situation like that. Absolutely. You know, and we all want to go home at the end of the day. We all got loved ones at home that want us to come home. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah. I do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it looked like you guys had a pretty successful weekend, though. Oh, absolutely. Um, once we once we figured the fish out, you know, uh, one of the lakes we went to, it's a very clear lake, and even in 40 feet of water, these fish were not having it, and we were chasing them 100 yards at a crack, and after two hours of not even getting a chance to drop down on them, we gave up and went to a different lake. Wow. It was very frustrating, but dirty water was our friend this weekend. What What kind of fish were you chasing there? Panfish, crappies, and bluegills. Okay. And, and that was pretty much the weekend, crappie and bluegill? Yeah. We uh, we only actually only caught two bluegills, and I believe Dave caught them both. Um, and it was just, you know, the rest of us were running around with the live scope, chasing the crappies like chickens with our heads cut off. Uh, and Dave hunkered down on his one hole for quite some time, and next thing you know, he's got a nine and a half or a nine and three quarter sitting in his on his bump board well if you got a mustache like that you can say, you can about I, I you can persuade to anybody up. to jump out of the hole i wanted to bring right. that up do you think that he has the best facial hair and ice fishing oh without a doubt <laughs> that mustache is the stuff fish's dreams are uh their nightmares are made of yeah. kind of looks like like the wyatt earp of ice fishing he really does <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't know whether to be afraid of him or ask him to be my friend. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the photo from Clam Pro Day of him and Jason Durham squaring oh, yeah. off? <laughs> yeah, that well, is I, probably one of my all-time favorite pictures now. You yeah, be careful. He'll use your ice hole as a spittoon yeah. out there yeah. fishing with the... <laughs> Now, now, what were if, if you don't mind uh, saying uh, what what were some of the uh, baits that were really producing last weekend? Uh, aggressive baits, really. Um, for a little while, it was a jig and a you know piece of plastic, uh, but for the most part, it was you know pinhead minnows, really, and tika minnows. Uh, the crappies were hitting the tika minnows the so hard they were causing slack in your line. They were bumping it up in the water column oh wow you wouldn't even have your bail closed and they were already racing up to meet your your bait on the way down i probably missed just as many fish as i caught because they hit it on the drop so hard that i went to set the hook and a my bail was still open or b i had 18 inches of slack line that i had to pick up <laughs> you know that's that's so crazy you know up northern minnesota how much of a difference that is the baits that you guys will use to to go after panfish up there and what we will have to use down here on okaboji you know uh you know we're we're using little you know two and a half three millimeter tungstens you know here on okaboji i would never in a million years think about using a big you know a big spoon or a tika minnow or anything like that for for panfish down here and and that's just the norm up there yeah I, in fact i think i maybe own a half a dozen 
jigs that small? I don't own anything that big. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's I like only we... own those because I came down to Iowa last winter and fished Clear Lake and another little lake north of there uh, for Ice Team University. And Kevin Paul was like, you need little jigs. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go to the bait shop and buy little jigs because I was not prepared. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. It is crazy. I I think I think it was Ben Luderman just had a post on Facebook the other day that he had bought some six, six millimeter. millimeter jigs <laughs> <He's> like, <and laughs> feel like you're fishing for sharks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, different stuff. So how how far away is that actually uh, where you were fishing from? You know where you actually live, Kyle. You talked uh, that you put you know five hundred some miles on on your pickup, but uh, how how much of that was scouting once you got up there, and how far was that? of a drive up there to where you were uh i only live about 75 miles south of my cabin uh so about an hour and 15 minutes south of malax in isani um so i would say we'll call it 150 of it was driving up to my cabin and back yep all right but the rest was you know put on driving from lake to lake to lake to lake well, must be a, that's a nice problem to have though to have that many lakes up there that you know you're hitting that many lakes while you're driving so it kind of you know breaks up the drive a little bit for us you know we got 45 minutes to get to a decent the nearest lake, lake. like so, find out the nearest yeah so yeah some of the lakes up up there you can uh, stand on the dock at one lake turn around and throw a rock across the street and have it land in the water of the next lake or you, or you mean land on the ice of the next lake to check it? You can check one lake while you're checking the other. Lake. Yeah, nice. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I took the I took Chad's seminar on ice checking, and it had some really useful tips. Nice. What what kind of rock? If you're going to check the ice, uh, what kind of rock are you going to throw? You you the type of guy that throws the biggest rock you can, and then just kerplunks, or are you going to kind of try to skip it across and see if you can go all the way across the lake? What kind of rock chucker are you? Uh, I prefer the the football size agates because oh, yeah. the the edges on the agates they're a little sharper. They have better p- uh, puncture on the ice. <laughs> yep. So it's got to be an agate though. Yeah, do it in the name of safety. <laughs> That's for <right>. yep. <laughs> Nate, now you fish a lot of malax in in uh, open water, correct? Uh yes, I do as often as I can. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Little peanut butter and jealous down here. <laughs> now, now, did you grow up fishing uh, there south of Mille Lacs, on Mille Lacs, or, or where did you grow up fishing? Um, I didn't really have the traditional growing up fishing that most uh, anglers did. Uh, my grandpa lived out of state, so I never fished with him, although he did spend a lot of his younger years fishing Mille Lacs with my mom. Um and my dad doesn't fish. Uh, he grew up in Southern California, so oh, the wow. only fishing he knew was saltwater. Mm-hmm. So when we moved to Minnesota when I was six, we didn't fish. And I think I might have been like four times in my entire life uh, up until I was 19. Um, in late middle school, throughout high school, and into my uh, you know younger adult years, I was burdened with the the life choices of addiction uh, specifically narcotics drugs uh so i made a lot of poor choices and got myself put in treatment and lock up and you know the whole nine yards uh but when i finally did decide that enough was enough and that i 
needed to do something with my life. I was about 19 years old and, um, I locked myself into my apartment during the day. I was working nights to keep myself away from people that I used to know. Uh, and a buddy of mine said, let's, let's go fishing. You can't sit in your apartment forever. You know, it's not healthy. You got to get outside. And I, like I said, I hadn't been fishing in probably 15 years, 10 years. So we went to Walmart and bought two $10 Shakespeare Zebco combos and went up to the Goose Lake Narrows uh, on Goose Lake, north of Cambridge, and slip bobbered with leeches for bass. And I caught more one and two pound rats than you could shake a stick at. But it was awesome, wasn't but, it? Oh, yeah. I, I did that from ice out to ice up that entire summer. Uh, if I wasn't at work and I wasn't sleeping, I was on that bridge. Um, it, and it kept me clean, honestly. It kept me, kept me out of trouble, kept me from going and hanging out with the old friends again, kept me busy really yeah definitely. you know uh and then that winter came and i did an ice fish i'd never even heard of it really i'd never seen it done and my sponsor from na asked me to go with him and i didn't even know that he was a big time fisherman at heart and he took me out in a homemade plywood suitcase pop-up canvas fish house with the old do you guys remember the old Aquaview underwater cameras where oh, yeah. it was the little bluegill? Yep. Yeah, it looked like a fish. Yep. Yep, that's what he had. And he gave it to me, and I sat and watched bluegills and crappies on West Rush Lake. And fishing with a little jig and a waxworm on the old, I think they're called jiggle sticks yep. with the two pegs where you wind the line around them. Okay, yep, yep. yep. That's how I started, yep. <laughs> fishing on the Aquaview with those and i was hooked from that day forward all i wanted to do was be on the ice uh and i made him take me every chance we got and then i started getting my own stuff and next thing you know i'm doing it myself and living on the ice day in and day out and my wife's hating me (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've all been there You know, I do, I, I think, you know, obviously no one has the same story as you, Kyle, but uh, I, I really think that if, if we could ask across the whole entire, you know, the whole entire United States, for say, I think there's a lot of people that have a story very similar to yours that, that the outdoors has really become their escape, you know, that, that they got into, you know, addiction and they made some poor decisions and, and whatever, but uh, you know, I, I, I think about, you know, guys like Tim Moore and, and Chad Cummings and and, you know, the, these guys that, you know, they, they did quit that lifestyle, but the outdoors is, is what was there that, you know, they, all the, all that energy that they put into doing not so good stuff, they turned around and put into, you know, hunting or fishing or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I think the outdoors has saved a lot of guys and, and, and women for that matter. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it saved my life, uh. I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't uh, figured out how much I love fishing. Um, I know 
I might have some more money in my pocket. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's not cheaper than drugs, but it's better. <laughs> That's right. It's a healthy alternative. Yeah, you know, there's been so many people that have talked to me, like, after I quit drinking, uh, you know, saying something like, man, I bet you you're saving so much money since you're not buying all that beer all the time. And it's like, no, no, actually, I think my bank account goes farther down. You know, when when you're, you know, when you spend $25 on a, on a pack of beers and, you don't spend any more money that night. That that's one thing, but yeah, then all of a sudden you're buying live scopes and you know <laughs> yep. everything else. And no, but no, you you definitely you definitely made the best decision. And and uh, you know I I think both me and Matt and, and the listeners appreciate you telling that story. Yeah, man, it 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 truly amazes me to see what the outdoors does for people like myself and with other situations you know how refreshing it can make a man feel or a woman um i know that when i'm getting edgy irritated antsy stressed my anxiety gets a little high over life i can just go outside uh and walk the riverbank i don't even need to fish but just being out by the water going for a walk the outdoors it it cleans you out yep yeah, it, I, I think that there's a lot of people that do that, like approach people like all of us and, you know, ask, like, how can you do that? Like, man, you really like it. And I think sometimes if you can introduce a person, bring them out there and have them experience it, I I think it really like kind of opens their eyes to it. And they're just kind of like, oh, wow, this I get why you do this. Yep. Yeah. You know, me, Matt and I've got a river that flows through our town and uh um, you know, I've had days at work where, you know, just nothing goes right. And you, you know, you, after you get done with work, you know, you're kind of in a bad mood and, you know, I, I don't want to bring that bad mood home and, and make my wife and my kids deal with it and whatnot. So, you know, just a 20 minute quick trip down to the river and just casting, listening to that water go through the rapids. I, I kid you not every cast you make the day just gets a little bit better and you get about eight casts and it's like, you know, today wasn't really that bad. You know, that, that was okay. Like right. that, the sound of that ripple in water, man, it, it does something. I would agree. And I, I think too often, too many people get caught up in having to catch that big fish or have, you know, 50 pictures for Facebook or Instagram by the end of the day. And they forget to remember that portion of it. Like, it's not about that. It's it's just about being out there, enjoying it, letting off some steam, soaking in the clean. Uh, you know, I, that, that's that's what it's all about for me anyway. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of us can attest to it that we've been there's been days where we went out there fishing and at the end of the day all of a sudden it's just like, Man, we didn't I didn't get any pictures or I didn't like my cell phone wasn't in my hand, you know, I put it in my glove box of my boat or something like that and it's just like it was kind of a refreshing day just to be away from all that you know not have like you said not have to worry about getting this picture and that picture and doing all this stuff where it almost makes it feel like you're kind of doing it as like work yeah work you're turning fun into work right and it's just kind of like oh okay yeah it kind of recharges the batteries and makes you realize why you're out there doing it yep definitely you know, Kyle, we're, we're sitting here talking about how great fishing is. And, you know, on this show, we often talk about all the highlights over somebody's, uh, you know, fishing career or whatever. 
as, as you look back, uh, you know, you've been, said you've been fishing since you were, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. Have you ever had a really bad day of fishing? <laughs> More than a few. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can't have good days if you don't have bad days to look back on. Now, now, not just not just not catching, catching a fish. Right. I mean, have you ever had a day or a week or a weekend or a trip that just frickin' went hay haywire? Like from the word go, that that was one that you want to erase. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't. I don't think I'd ever want to erase it uh, because it was just that bad. But, uh, one of the, uh, things that, you know, I missed out on when I was using, uh, and neglecting myself in life was, uh, my, my younger siblings and my youngest brother, Corbin, uh, he and I actually started bonding once after I got clean and like, he likes duck hunting and fishing. I like duck hunting and fishing. So we were doing a lot of that together. Did we just uh, become best friends? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and so long story short, a company I used to work for, one of their sales reps had a permanent ice house on Mille Lacs at a hunter's resort. And he would let customers use it as like a, you know, kind of trying to smooth them over and seal the deal. Like, yep. hey, if oh, you yeah. order through us, you can stay the weekend in this house free of charge. So he let me stay out there a Sunday through like a Thursday, Sunday through a Wednesday, something like that. And, uh, I brought my brother, but at the time I just had a little, uh, Saturn 2000 Saturn SL one little four speed. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so we crammed that sucker full of all of my, our fishing gear. And we drove up to Mille Lacs in the middle of a blizzard, um, on a Sunday night after all the resorts were closed and all like the helplines were shut down and nobody was out there plowing. And here we are driving around the middle of, I believe it was Three Mile Reef, trying to find this fish house that we didn't know what it looked like, <laughs> didn't have any GPS coordinates for, in the middle of a blizzard at 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I buried that Saturn. I turned on what I thought was a plowed road, but it was a snowdrift. And I I sank it up past the headlights. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's no one to call, no one to pull us out. So he and I get out of the car and we had to dig it out and push it out ourselves. I don't even know how long it took, but we finally found the house, got settled in, you know, next day woke up, a couple of buddies of mine also from work came up and we didn't catch squat for like three days, not one fish, uh, got snowed in again, had to dig all my buddies out so they could leave to go home. Corbin and I stayed. We ate all our food, ran completely out of food, still had 48 hours on this trip. And then uh, we found a box of mac and cheese, craft mac and cheese, in the trunk of my car. But we had no milk, no water, nothing, just a pot and a box of mac and cheese. So we went outside and filled the pot full of snow and kept filling it with snow and making, melting it down for water and then using the water from the snow to boil the mac and cheese just so we could eat and then had nothing to mix the cheese powder with. So we went and got some lake water and poured it in there <laughs> and did the same thing. So we had Malax Lake mac and cheese and it was horrible. We couldn't even eat it. But did you My, start catching fish then? 
No, still no <laughs> okay, fish. Okay, okay. Oh, I take that back. We caught one eel pout at like two in the morning that tangled all the rattle reels up. Yeah, yep, of course. That's the way it usually goes. Yep. And so my sister, like, went to the bank and deposited like ten bucks into my our like our my bank account at the time, and uh, we went up to Hunter's and ordered wings for an appetizer <laughs> and. It was the best food we'd had all weekend. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> and then we got back to the fish house and we stayed one more night. And on the very last night at three o'clock in the morning, a rattle reel went off. And at this point, my brother just didn't want anything to do with it anymore. He was really angry at the weekend, wanted to go home. He's eight years younger than I am. Um, so I got up and got it. It was a 26-inch walleye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I got all weekend. And some wings. Yeah, and those wings. And those were the best wings I'd ever tasted in my life. <laughs> all right, all right. We're, we're not going to proceed. Like, yeah. what, what what kind of wings were them wings? Honestly, at this point, I don't even remember. I think they were some kind of garlic parmesan or honey barbecue or something. Something very simple, very cheap. Were they traditional? The I believe bone-in. Yeah. Yep, that's yep. what I'm talking about. It's the only way to go. Yep. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. If you're going to get any sauce, if, if you're at a wing place right now, you can get any sauce you want. What are you going with? Mango habanero. Holy oh. moly. <laughs> you ain't messing around. <laughs> the gloves have I, officially come off. I guess, I mean, once you, once you eat uh, box macaroni cheese out of the back of a Saturn, I mean, you're, you're with much, water. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much down for You can't taste anything anyway. You're, you're pretty much down for anything. <laughs> are, you, are you a ranch or blue cheese? Ranch. Actually, ranch. I like both, but primarily ranch. Hmm. Yep. Although, if you ever make it up here, you guys, up to like the Cambridge Isani Blaine area, um, there is a bowling alley in Ham Lake that has the world's best bone-in wings, but the it's the ranch wings. I don't know what they do, but I swear you would think that they would take like a gallon of ranch and put it in a pot and boil it and then pour the wings inside of it and then serve it. So are huh. they are they white? Like, is the wings white? Like, you know, yeah, instead they, of being a brown, they're white? Yeah, they come, well, they're, they're they're brown cooked, but then they pour it in this vat of ranch, and they come out just drenched in it. Hmm. Huh. Maybe they put a little bit of Malax water into the ranch, and it, it would only make sense. <laughs> Whatever it is, give me more. <laughs> Keep doing it. You know what, Kyle? Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't start you off with any random questions. Ooh. Ooh. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw you a couple right now. All right. All right. Uh, I got a dumpster full of spiders, a dumpster full of snakes, and a dumpster full of rats. Which one are you going to jump into first? Snakes. Snakes? Whoa. Yeah. Are so you when a- I was a when I was a kid, I used to want to be a herpetologist. What does that mean? Uh, it's a branch of zoology specializing in reptiles. Oh, Scott Mockentune would have known that. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. No kidding. You, so you so you like the reptiles? Yeah, I used to keep snakes as a kid. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, yeah, I'd go out, hognose, garter, red belly, go out and catch them, bring them in, put them in an aquarium. Scott just, Scott's, <laughs> Scott's only experience with them is trying to run them over with the lawnmower. So. <laughs> Oof, duh, I, mm. He fits on the lawnmower? <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Okay, well, it was good having you on, <laughs> Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought we were talking about Mockentune. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, yeah they, that's right. They ain't no tall boy lawnmowers, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. No. <laughs> he just gets one of those that you stand on that you ride. Yeah. 
Uh, so, so, so first snakes, what, what's, what's second? Spiders, rats, or snakes? Yep. Yeah. Rats. Really? You're not yeah. a spider guy. I'll say I don't mind spiders as long as they're not on me. Yeah. Yeah. No, they can they... be in the house even, but as long as if the minute they touch me, they're dead. <laughs> the minute I see them, they're dead. Like I'll, I'll, I'll have flamethrowers. Flame <laughs> yeah, burning it down. House is on the market. All right, what do you All got, right. Matt? Um, with the Winter Olympics coming up this year, this winter, um, if you were in the Olympics, what event would you be in? Ooh, I like Ooh. that question, Matt. You're like you thought about that? Not really. It's just on the paper right here. It's oh, a okay. previous question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. I, I don't know. Uh, like the loop. I probably bobsled curling. Curling, there you go. Oh yeah, for sure. That, for sure. I've never played it, but it's always looked really fun. My, I, my I think every single person that ever watches the Winter Olympics is like, "Golly, you know what? I think I want to take up curling." And none of us ever do well, it. You know why that is? It's because they all look like us. Like you're looking at an <laughs> Olympic athletes, and it's like that, that dude was just at the bar. I mean, it's just. <laughs> The only Olympic uh, sport where you can have a dad bod and get yep, away with it. Exactly right. So <laughs> it's the it's the sport of the people. There you go. I think that there you go. I, I think that we need to get a team together. Cummings can be the rock, the guy that guides it right away. <laughs> well, he, he'd get, be the yeah, the rock chucker. Yep. Some one of us can stand back and be the guide and say where to do it, and uh, other guys can be the broomers. That's so. good stuff. I'm in. Count me in. <laughs> what What's your uh, What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Culver's. Oh, we got a lot of, I think that's like one that a lot of we talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people throw out Culver's because it's the best fast food restaurant there is. Yeah. That and it's the only one around that doesn't taste like they've been deep frying it in the lard for a week. I'm all right with that too. <laughs> And their and their custard is their. That's, oh my yeah. gosh! God dang it! <laughs> <laughs> getting getting the sweats right now. Just kind of thinking about it. Scott's the custard little, sweats. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting a little excited. I don't know if he'd be able to stand up from the podcast <laughs> table right now. You got so. you got oh, any more, Matt? Oh boy. Um, what music you rocking out to? A little bit of everything, man. I'm all over the board. All One day it'll board. be. Uh, the BGs. The next day it'll be Slipknot. The next day it'll be, Slipknot. you know, Marvin Gaye. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like everywhere. Me, then. I'm always and, anything but the country, really. Yeah. Oh jeez. I like. Yeah, I like the. I like country. It's just I, not. Not. I don't like like the lady country singers. I just can't listen to that. Really. I you know See, I, I play a lot of music. Sexist. I, I you just like no. I'm not right on that. a podcast. You admitted that you're <laughs> sexist. No, far from it. But like. I, I play music in PE all the time, and I p go to put country songs on, and it's just like I got a bunch of like kindergartners and first graders running around talking about drinking beer and doing this stuff. So I'm like, well, okay, maybe we better not turn on some of this stuff. So yeah, I I grew up on country. My both my sisters listened to it. My bus driver listened to it. Um, I, I I can get I can get behind like Garth Brooks and Reba and Shania Twain, you know. Tim McGraw, anything from when I was a kid, but going forward from like 2005 on, it's garbage. I I I can I can, I can yep, be with that. Yeah, there's Man, nothing I, better than early 90s I, country. I pissed off one of my classes the other day because they kept asking me to play that fancy like song. 
Oh, yeah. And so I kept playing the Reba McIntyre fancy Fancy. song. (laughs) I was like, this is fancy. I thought you didn't like girl country singers. (laughs) Like, like what he said, I'll put on some Shania for him, some Reba and everything like that. But, yeah. Matt just doesn't want us to know that he feels like a woman. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I actually blasted. He does. I always got to turn the station before Scott gets in. Yeah. Now, Kyle, what uh, what what's the plans for the rest of the winter? Uh, you got any trips on the uh, on the schedule? Uh, yeah. So I got two buddies. Both are from Iowa. Oh yeah. No, it's it's not you two. Oh, oh okay. Oh, They're both remember. named Kyle, though. Well, That's I mean, I, at least you don't got to worry about forgetting one of their names. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle Taylor and Kyle Ritchie. Um, they uh, we all get together once a year, usually. It's been up at my cabin, but this year uh, we decided we were looking at South Dakota for perch and walleye, probably in beginning of March. Okay. Uh, and then I would really like to get up to the Leech Lake area. My buddy Corey moved back to Minnesota from Michigan recently and is living in Walker. Um, so I'd like to get up there and spend a weekend up there with him. Uh, and then... I'd like to get back up to like northern Minnesota or northern Wisconsin, Manaqua area with Brody and do some late ice panfish up there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, uh, you've got the schedule full because I'm sure you're going to do plenty, you know, just around home too, correct? Uh, yeah. Um, my main focus during the heart of the winter will be getting my kids out more. Uh, my daughter is 11 now, or will, will be 11 here in about a month. And she's learned how to read a Vexilar and, you know, got pretty proficient with jigging and feeling the bites last year. So I'm trying to keep that encouraged. And my son would much rather just squish minnows and play with wax worms. Oh, Matt, mm-hmm. Matt's like 55 years old and he's still squishing minnows. <laughs> 55. Are you so just had, squishing minnows? <laughs> uh, every that's single my new model. I'm going to get every, that tattooed across my back. Just squashing, squashing minnows? minnows? <laughs> yeah, squashing minnows. That's all I'm doing. So my. My son, he uh, every time every time we go fishing, he has to have a minnow out of the bait tank, and it always has the same name, Floppy. Oh, I mean that's a good, oh, that's solid a name. Good, that yeah. is. Yep. So he and Floppy, they go on adventures. You know, within fifty yards of where I'm fishing, he takes Floppy into the truck. Sometimes Floppy doesn't come back out of the truck, and I have to go find him. <laughs> you smell Floppy a couple weeks <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it could be a fathead. It could be a sucker minnow. And, like, this kid has no fear. He'll play with leeches, like four or five of them in his hand, put them on his head. <laughs> I like it. That, that's I like, good I like stuff. it. Yeah, that's how you start him good. Yep. Yeah. No, the 11-year-old daughter, you know, that's, that's really getting to be a fun age. I know uh, – uh, you know, my son is uh, now 13, almost 14, and you know, I don't know, two, three, four years ago, really, he, you know, he got to that age where, you know, they're, they're almost just like another buddy out there on the ice. You know, you don't, you don't really have to babysit them. They, you know, they can hop around and, uh, you know, drop their own Vexlar in, and that that really gets to be a fun age. Yeah, last winter, time with her. Um, actually, the last trip we went out. Uh, have you guys seen the product catalog for Vexlar yet this year? Have not seen the product nope, catalog. No, we have not. Okay. If you get a chance to look at it, the cover is two kids sitting on the ice, a girl and a boy. The girl's fishing with the Vexlar. The boy is playing with wax worms. <laughs> and that's, um, are they your kids? They are. Nice. That's awesome. 
I, I didn't know Corey was going to do that when he asked to use the picture. Uh, initially, he just, you know, hey, sign this so I can use your picture for something. And I said, okay, that's fine. And then the guide came out this year, and I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. cool. I wanted to run to my kids. Can I get your autograph? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's something definitely that you need to get framed. Yeah, and yeah I was going to say, have, have them sign that and send it down here. We'll put it up in the Midwest Angler Podcast studio. I I will do that. You'll have to send me an address, though. Heck well, yeah. Definitely. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's it's always fun, like you said, getting those kids out there and just seeing the different quirks that each of them have. I was always with my brothers, and when we go out, I was always be the one that was going to step in the hole at some point. And I'm just glad yeah. that my my nephew Coy is kind of taking that over. It's, it does. He's definitely when we go. It's not you anymore. It's not me anymore. It's just like ha. I know how you feel, Coy. Stick that. Hopefully, you don't lose a boot. Yeah, right. <laughs> both both my kids are hole magnets. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, Kyle, uh, Kyle, dang it, we appreciate you uh, joining the show. That that was definitely a lot of fun and. Um, Hopefully we can get you on again sometime. But uh, before we let you go, if uh, if any of the listeners uh, want to follow along on any of your fishing adventures, uh, you got any social media places uh, where they can find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, both of them are Kyle Lynn Fishing Minnesota. Um, pretty easy to find. Not too many Kyle Lynns around. Right. Is is there another one that you went Kyle Lynn Fishing Minnesota? Yeah, that's both of them. The face, so I have, I have my personal Facebook page, which is Kyle Lynn, which yep. is for friends and family. Yep. But not all my friends and family want to see me shove fishing down their throat. <laughs> okay. So I created a separate Facebook page, Kyle Lynn Fishing Minnesota. Okay. Yep. For people that want to see that. Yep. Shove down their throats. The good people. Yep. I was yeah. Say the good people. <clears throat> so. You bet. All right, man. Uh, like I said, uh, we definitely appreciate you taking time and uh, joining us. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get to do this again. Oh, absolutely, guys. It was an honor to be asked to be a part of this, and I'm very grateful for it. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. See you, man. Yep. Bye. And there he goes. That was Kyle Lynn, the man that's been out on the ice already, and we haven't. <laughs> oh, yeah. They looked like they had a good time. The pictures on Facebook were pretty cool uh, yeah yep i uh you know yeah like you say they, they look like they had a good time uh uh i think if i was out ice fishing i think i'd be having a good time too that's just the we talk about the camaraderie of it all the time oh, for sure. you know getting everybody together and you know some guys might be able to get up there a little early do some scouting and just it's so cool to be able to just lake hop like that and go hit up a bunch of lakes that you've never fished before and you know, you never know what you're going to stumble across. Right, and as long as you don't uh, dig a Saturn into the into the <laughs> snowbank, you know, I mean, hey, that one's a win, right? <laughs> that one's right. a win. I think we've all had, you know, some stories like that. If if you lived in the Midwest, you've buried oh, a car yeah. before. Yeah, whether you're What's, out ice fishing or whether you're out just horsing around or, yeah. What's, what's the worst you've ever buried a car? Oh, the worst I ever buried a car is uh, my brother Mike, myself, and I think our friend BJ were going to a basketball game the one time, and uh, we took like this, we thought we were taking a shortcut, and it was kind of a minimum maintenance road. Oh, yeah. Mine, minimum, mine is minimum, a minimum maintenance I, I, road, too. Down in this area, I mean, most areas, if you mention minimum, minimum maintenance road, yeah, yeah. 
we were going down that, and we just thought it was a couple little small snowdrifts. Nope, nope. I mean, I still don't know how we made it over top of the two, the first two, and then the third one we were in there, and it was just like, yeah, we ain't going nowhere. We're gonna have to go get a tractor. I I had the exact same thing, but uh, the issue with mine is uh, I was working when I was a Culligan <laughs> man. Oh. And uh, me and my buddy Ace, uh, um, it, it was one of those deals where, you know, it was like, ah, you know, that don't, that don't look too bad. Right, we can, no, yeah, yeah. we can I make mean, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're in a four, we're, we, we were, we were in a four-wheel drive, you know, big, big uh, flatbed. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of one of those deals like, I mean, it was it was really like out of a movie. Like, if, if you could see, you know, I'm driving and Ace is in the passenger seat and, you know, we're kind of both, you know, scoping out, you know, and it's we're, we're stopped there and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, those aren't as deep as what they look. look. Yeah. And so it was one of those deals where, uh, you know, we started going and, you know, you buck the first drift and it's like, ah, yeah, that, yeah we're no, going to make yep, it. No problem. No problem. And then you start bucking the drifts, and they're getting slowly bigger and slowly bigger. And at this point in time, you are committed. Yep. Oh, yeah. You are committed. There's there, no stopping. You, there you're either none. making it all the way or you're getting stuck. Yep. And so I started giving it more and more gas because it's like, well, you know, I'm th- there's no stopping and no backing up here. Like, uh, you, you got to pin it to win it here. And <laughs> and so I did. I pinned it. And uh, it, w- it was one of those deals where – I'm I'm slowly getting sucked off to the side, slowly oh, yeah. getting sucked off to the side. When that there's no worse feeling, you know that it's just like, oh damn it. Yep, this <laughs> this it, it was bad because at this point in time the drifts were coming over the hood, and and you you've got that feeling like you're kind of easing off to the right, but yep. you're not a hundred percent sure, and then all of a sudden everything everything just stops, and it's like. Oh man. oh man oh man oh man and there's that glimmer of hope where you're like well i'll put it in reverse and maybe i'll Mm-mm. maybe and you, there's nothing Mm-mm. so it's Mm-mm. just like i knew yeah. i knew yeah. right then and there it was it was too late we were we were completely in the ditch we were completely screwed yeah i and, think uh, ours i think we actually ended up facing the opposite way of where we nice were. yeah it was nice. kind of crazy how it all happened we so. called a tractor and the tractor couldn't get us out that's that's stuck you want to know how we got out we shovels. Had, the the tractor had turned around and was driving back and uh he was going to go back get his pickup and come back and pick us up we were going to walk back you know the the direction that we came and the snowplow came by and actually saw and snowplow wasn't normally going to hit that road right but he was like well you know i, I can do it and that snowplow had to come down there plow out that minimum maintenance road and then he hooked up a chain to the back of us and he was able to pull us out oh, but wow. uh yeah, that was uh, – it got pretty western in a hurry. Oh, there was nothing better growing up, though, than when you get some fr- a fresh powdery snow and it would drift up a little bit and you go out and – You knew you snow. were going out. Yeah. Right. Right. There's a few times where uh park the gra- car in the garage and mom would be like, were you hitting snow drifts with the car last night? No, no. No, and why, absolutely Why is the front man. end all packed up with Whatever snow? Whatever do you mean? Oh, <laughs> oh, how did that happen? <laughs> I think it was just from the snow that was just falling. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I'm pretty sure that we was on to, Main Street. Oh, man. We used to hook up the tubes behind the cars and go, you know, we wear helmets doing it most of the time and go around the streets of Ellsworth and, you know. Because the helmet's going to help if you, if uh, well, you right. smack into a light pole at 35. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best, man. Oh, hooking up the old inner tube and just going around on the roads and. We had a lot of fun those nights. That's why you ended up the way you did. That's exactly right. Maybe I hit my head on a few curbs. They're hard drifts, but. Yep. 
was a chance we were willing to take. I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> and, and little Ellsworth, uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you had to make fun the way you could. That's right. Make sure the cops, the cop had left town that made his rounds every once in a while. And once he was gone, it was free for all. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Little Ellsworth, uh, we'll move on to Little Mullen, Nebraska. Little Mullen. <clears throat> um, when this episode comes out, uh, fingers crossed that nothing crazy happens in between uh, now and then, but uh, I should be down on the Cox Ranch in Nebraska uh, doing a little mule deer hunting or whitetail, whatever whatever uh, presents itself. But um, So me and Matt are recording this one a few days prior Uh to make sure that you guys have an episode coming out on Monday. And, yeah, I guess. Uh, you got the boots and the spurs all ready to go. Oh, yeah. Yep. Some ranch yeah, I, I, yeah, yep, I got the spurs for my Crocs. <laughs> you know, there, there's only one way to do it. You're only going down there for one reason. T-bone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I, I mean, not that I forgot. I, however, I, I could never forget, but... uh. Oofta, Cox Beef, hashtag Cox Beef. Maybe you'll be listening to this episode while you're out trying to get yourself a big mule deer. Well, you know, I guess that could potentially work if we download it while we are at the house with internet oh, connection. Right, right. But uh, uh, you get off the yard and, <laughs> and uh, service of any sort is uh, zero. Pretty bare, huh? I, I don't care if you'd go to the tallest hill and then climb a tower. None, Nothing. none. Airplanes that go Just, over <laughs> the Cox Ranch, they don't even get service. <laughs> no, that's when the when the cops just kind of, or the cops, jeez, the, the pilots, they just kind of cross their fingers and and wait wait to get back into wait to get back into signal. There's it's it's true no man's land. Yeah, that's sometimes that's all right. I love it. Yep, it's one of the coolest places in the whole entire world. And uh, yep, I'll be there. I will be there, but, uh, yeah, I guess, um, we moving on to good news stories. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've actually, I've got two good news stories and, and, uh, I'm so proud of my second good news story. I, Cal dang it. I, I thought about opening up the show with it, but, uh, I'm going to wait with it. But since I got two, you've got one, um, I'm going to say one of mine first and uh, this is coming from the Ice Fishing Minnesota Facebook page, a guy by the name of Josh Hall. And Josh wrote, uh, this is very hard for me to ask, but I need some help. I have terminal cancer and am weak, so I sold all my ice fishing gear. I didn't think I would miss it this much, but I do. I have a very limited amount of money. Is anyone with a comfortable ice house willing to take my 17-year-old son and I out sometime? I can't work, so usually available anytime. I appreciate it. The itch for ice fishing almost caused me to quit this group, but I figured I would ask for help first. We drive and can meet, but we don't have any ice fishing gear left. Um, and that was Josh, and I, I actually clicked on Josh's Facebook page to see, like, you know, is this just a guy that's, you know, just... No, Josh, definitely, uh, uh, he, he's, he's definitely sick, and, uh, yeah, heart goes out to him because you know how freaking hard that would be to write a post like that? Oh, right. I mean, yeah. But uh, I couldn't believe, when, when, I, when I looked at it, I... Uh, uh, when I looked at it, it was six hours old, and it had 41 comments. 
and uh, there was everybody from people that uh, uh, you know had sleeper house rental services. Uh, I know Jesse Thalman with Thalman's Guide Service uh, up there had had wrote to him, and uh, there was a ton of people that had offered up uh, their time, their resources, uh, um, you know, whatever to to get this guy and his son out on the ice and. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the author of that post, he, he kind of flat out said sooner the better, because, um, I think he was, I think he was losing strength, uh, daily and, uh, time. God dang it. Like I just, I, I can't, I cannot imagine, uh, there's, there's the positivity of the, the social media and the outreach of it that, you know, <clears throat> a situation like that, somebody can get in touch with the right person and get them out there and doing that stuff. So. Yep. I, I, I mean, if he, if he took everybody up, I think for 20, 20 days straight, I think he could be, you know, at a different place, uh, you know, whatever. But, uh, um, you know, obviously he's going to figure out uh, who can uh, accommodate him the most comfortably. And uh, hopefully him and his 17 uh, year old boy get out there and, uh, you know, are able to set some, set some hooks. Definitely. Mine, mine, I guess, is going to kind of go along with the social media thing and uh, just a lot of posts lately about, you know, how we all need to be on the same side as, you know, fishermen and everything like that. Uh, it doesn't matter which brand you're running, you know, what color clothes you're wearing, what color your shack is, what kind of electronics you're running. Uh, we're just all in this together. We're, like we talked about earlier in here, it's just, it's something that we all do and that we all love and have a passion for. So, uh, that's kind of my good news story of the week is just, you know, we're, we're ice fishermen. Right. We're all ice fishermen together. That's right. Um, so, so here's, here's, here's my big good news story, uh, this week. Um, apparently the seventh graders over at George Little Rock, uh, elementary school, which is, uh, about 20 minutes away from us had to write, um, had to write a letter for someone they were thankful for apparently oh yeah that's cool when they do and that uh <clears throat> so uh today my neighbor jeremy Kay, whose wife is uh an english teacher over there came up and he said hey scott i got a good news story for you this week and i'm like oh yeah and, and uh so he hands this to me and he says yeah you know george old rock school you know they had to uh you know write a letter about uh you know someone who they're thankful for so uh you know go ahead and read that and then he said, you know, hey, I don't want to see a grown man cry, so I'm going to get out of your, uh, out of your, uh, you know, hair before you uh, uh, start was, reading this. Because he was going to cry or you were going to cry? I don't know if we were both going to freaking cry. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to read it? Are you going to be able to I can it? do it. I can do it. All but, right. uh, so apparently uh, a young seventh grader named AJ uh, decided, um, decided that – he was going to write me that letter and uh, I received this letter today. And I, I don't know. I, I, t I tell you what, AJ, before I read this, I, I'm, I know for a fact that I swore two times on last week's episode. <laughs> and, uh, if, if, if I'm going to be receiving, uh, letters like this, I, I need to work on being a better person and, uh, um, whatever. But so here, here it goes. Uh, dear Scott, I have never met you, but I listened to the Midwest angler podcast. Thank you for teaching me how to be a better angler and a better person. You've been a big impact in my life, and because of that, I will thank you every time I post on Fish Brain or when I show my fish to people also. I will tell all my family and friends about your show. Thank you for telling me your favorite bait. In return, I'll tell you mine. It is a black spinner bait with a little yellow 
belly perch, and I jig it. Thanks again. Sincerely, AJ. That's awesome. Yeah, that one's that one's going on the wall. That definitely that, one, that one's going on the wall. One, that was probably one, one of the saved. coolest things that's ever happened. And uh, um, good old AJ. Yep. So I, uh, I I do not I do not know AJ. I, you, I, I I've got a feeling you do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I know so AJ. Um, uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna hopefully uh, reach out to AJ here in the in the next little bit because well, a Matt knows him and uh, I know my neighbor jeremy k's wife ashley also knows him and uh um i'm hoping that uh, me and aj get to hit the ice this year and uh i'm hoping uh um i don't know we're i'm gonna have to throw something together for him uh i don't think we've got any t-shirts in his size i'm assuming i don't know how big he is but uh um we're gonna figure something out here and aj i i truly i truly 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 appreciate that letter that means more to me than what you'll ever know so uh yeah, that, Mr. AJ, he was he he's he rocks Midwest Angler podcast t-shirts sometimes. I, I, so he this came, is that he, this is yep, that guy, huh? Yep, he came out of football practice that one day and he had that on and I was like, "That's a sweet shirt, man." Yeah. Uh, and he's like, "He oh, yeah, won yeah. that. He yep, won that." Yep, at a fishing contest. Yeah. And he was just like, I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome." I was like, "Do you listen to that podcast?" He's like, "Yeah, I listen to it and stuff like that." I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool, you know. Is it is it a pretty good one and stuff like that?" And he was him and I were chatting about it for a while, and I was just like, "Oh, I know Scott pretty good and stuff." <laughs> you and never then, told him that? No. Then I told him oh, I was like, "I, I am know, that other. <laughs> I'm Matt." <laughs> it's just like you know they know me as coach. They don't. Yeah. You know, you know kids are always amazed when like you have a first name. It's not coach. It's just so like, like when we leave school, you don't just go you, into. You don't live here. Yeah, you don't. Like, hit, somebody doesn't hit the off switch and you go sit on the shelf. Right. So no, it, that's pretty awesome, and you know, it's really cool. And it, that was the best. Is after you know those kids talk a lot about fishing, and I love listening to all that just sit back and let them talk about it so yep no, that is pretty cool that's an awesome letter it's and it's really cool when teachers have those kids do it because you know yeah sometimes they look at it as an assignment but as they start writing it down you can tell that this was really a heartfelt letter and yeah uh, yeah it's that's pretty awesome definitely cool definitely cool so uh all right, guys, uh, thank you for joining uh, episode 149. Uh, next week, the big 150. 150. The big 150. Um, uh, we'll, we'll have short time uh, when I get back from the hunting trip to figure out. Um, have all kinds uh, of stories from Mullen, Nebraska. Ho- hopefully, hopefully. But uh, um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe when I'm down there, we'll see if uh, I can rope don coxon to uh being our uh, guest on episode 150 that's what i'm talking about yeah i think that's maybe what we'll do if 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 don cox ain't freaking 150 i don't know who is olson 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 i if if i can get him on i am gonna buy a cowboy hat when i'm down there and i'm gonna run a cowboy hat while we record 150 right. i i'm still wanting to thane jensen when are when is clam gonna get the Don Cox line of cowboy ice fishing hats. That, that that's what I'm talking about. Get on it, Thaner. That's get a, on I, it. I'm waiting for it. What what if Wrangler and Clam did a collab? That's a, there we go. Holy moly! <laughs> Holy <laughs> moly! There'd be bulls bucking and Bronx bucking and just. I don't uh, know if the world could handle it. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. It would get Western in a hurry. So. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, thanks for joining. Uh, We'll see you again next week. Later.